It's time for episode 482 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM. Recorded Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where we're counting down the days in 30-minute increments until the new year. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my good pal, uh, who's a little under the weather today. It's Dan the Man Moran. How you doing, Dan? Hi, hi, Micah. I was going to say I'm trying out a new voice, just preparing for our inevitable return to Total Party Kill. I just figured this would be a oh, fun new I raspy like I'm a raspy NPC voice. <laughs> How's that? Is it good? This is good. Okay, uh, let let's just roll with it. Yeah, you should kind of roll for uh, charisma. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Failing all of the rules. <laughs> uh, well, of course, uh, you know how this show works, uh, and that involves saying hello to our guests to kick things off. To my left, a producer and reporter at the Texas Standard, as well as the host of Parallel, right here on uh, Relay FM. It's Shelley Brisbane. Welcome back, Shelley. Hello. Thanks. I'm I going to try and restrain myself from making my voice even deeper so that we all sound like Dan. <laughs> and to my left this week, it's a podcaster at Twit, including such shows as Tech News Weekly, All About Android, This Week in Tech, This Week in Google. I don't know where he finds the time to join us on our show, but we're happy to have him here. It's Jason Howell. Welcome back, Jason. I'm not going to avoid having a deep voice. You're welcome, Dan. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like I can go. Now I need to go like Darth Vader style on it. <laughs> Most impressive. Okay, maybe I will avoid it. How you guys doing? <laughs> great, great. And glad to have you here. Now, here is traditionally where I say that part about you knowing how the show works. And so uh, with just 30 minutes, it's time to kick things off with my topic. TikTok. Uh, is apparently going to start telling you why it's recommending videos in the For You feed. So in the For You feed, there'll be little uh, tags on the videos that say, well, because you previously looked at videos of, of chickens dancing to Mariah Carey, that is why you're seeing this video of a cat singing Beyonce. Uh, I'm just curious, does this ruin the magic of the For You page, or do you wish that all of your algorithmic feeds would uh, tag things unless you know why it's happening. Shelley, we'll start with you. Well, first of all, Mike, get out of my feed. Um, <laughs> I, I think for TikTok, it sort of would ruin the magic because TikTok's algorithm feels magical. I wouldn't say that any other social media platform I'm on feels the least bit magical. And it's either very predictable or it's just like, oh, God, I don't want to know. Please don't tell me why. Uh, and I think probably for TikTok, I would avoid looking at them for the most part. But every once in a while, I'd be like, wait, why did you think I wanted to see? But but TikTok does such a good job. I just sort of like the serendipity of it all. And, you know, and until some government entity tells me that I can no longer use TikTok, <laughs> I'm just going to allow it to invade my brain the way it does already. Usually, I feel like we're all very uh, skeptical of algorithms providing us with content. I mean, this is the opposite of what we wanted on t Twitter, right? Where it's like, stop with the algorithms already. Um, but I gather that TikTok's algorithm is actually pretty solid. I don't think there's ever any problem with telling us why things show up in our feeds. I think there is always a certain, not just an innate curiosity, but transparency is good overall. So even if you have to hide it behind a little icon, it's like tap this to find out why we recommended it. I still think it's probably 
probably better that it's being shown than that it's being obscured in some ways. You're like, why? How do they know this about me? This is a secret I never told anybody, but my <laughs> my deepest, <laughs> darkest secret that I love cat videos. Uh, but somehow TikTok knows. But I mean, we all, I think, have gone, grown accustomed to the fact that these apps know lots and lots of stuff about us, especially in the case of stuff like Instagram ads, sometimes weirdly too much. Um, so I think that, that providing information about why these things are being suggested to you is always a positive. Jason, what do you think? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. You know, we we spend so much time uh, on the shows that we do at Twit and, you know, everybody else, you know, there's a lot of awareness around, you know, algorithms and the decisions that they make and the information that they know, the data that we have handed over happily in order for, you know, to, to receive whatever the, the you know, the, op- the thing is that they're going to give us as a reward for all of our data and our information. Anytime we as a user can have the ability you know, whether they surface it in an obvious way, like I doubt I doubt there's going to be pre-roll that, you know, before every video, this is because you watched that video of that cat dancing. Here you go. Here's your video. You know, it's probably going to be like you said, Dan, hidden behind a little clickable thing that if you really want to search and find that, you know, the reason why you have the ability to. And I would never stop in the way of, of giving the user more information. Having said that, it's possible you don't actually want to be reminded of why you're seeing those videos. So, you know, keep that in mind, too. I think that's where I am. I think I don't want to know. I think I'll feel judged. And it's not, you know, I'll just go, uh, no, sh- no, you don't know that about me. That's not, no, n- no, no, that's wrong. Sorry, no. It's a competing, you can hear it in my voice. I'm, it's it's a competing uh, sort of mindset. I am uh, practicing cognitive dissonance at the moment because there's also a part of me that would be interested on occasion in seeing um, why Instagram recommended something to me or why, uh, you know, TikTok's algorithm recommended something for me. Uh, But for the most part, I do like the magic. I like to participate in the magic. And it's a little bit like, um, you know, learning what your favorite tech company is going to announce before the actual event or uh, having x-ray specs that you put on to see what what presents under the tree are actually going to be inside. It takes away a little of the magic. And so I, I, I'm I'm all sad about that part. Were you suggesting you, you were merely adopted into the algorithm? I was born into it. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Shelly, it is your turn. Well, it is the holiday season and I'm curious how do your family and friends share with one another their holiday wishes? And just in case our answers are too similar, let me add a little addition to that question. And is it considered a good form to do that? Or uh, are we supposed, are you supposed to just divine somehow <laughs> intuitively what people in your life want for the holidays? What, what did we just learn? Transparency. Transparency <laughs> is good. Share these things. I mean, I love the serendipity of a good gift, but it's then, you know, it's much more of a roll of the dice then, right? Because the chances of you getting that, oh, that perfect thing that I didn't even know that I wanted, but somehow you figured it out is like, you know, you roll a, like a 20 on a D20, but like one through 19 is like, here's something that you don't need or you don't ever want. Um, so I think <laughs> that the best way to share these things uh, is, you know, where it makes it easy for people. So Amazon wish lists, I think, are always a good go to. That's where I tend to keep information for myself when it's like, oh, I'm not going to buy this thing now, but I want to remember that it's something that I want in the future so I can tell people 
when they're looking for a gift for me, this is where to look. But specifically for my family's gift exchange, I think I've mentioned in the past, we use a, a site called Elfster, which I think Micah also uses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a built-in wish list feature, which lets you do like search anywhere for anything and you can, or paste in a URL and we'll add it to your wish list here. And I have found that immensely helpful for our uh, secret Santa gift exchange. So uh, it's sort of a one-stop shop there. Jason, what about you? Yeah, you know, I'm conflicted on this one because I think for most of my adult life, you know, outs and, and by that I define the years, you know, that I stopped writing a Christmas list for Santa. I, you stopped. <laughs> I would always, <laughs> I stopped oh, no, no more. Um, but you know, that was the way to signal to my parents at the time, obviously what I wanted. And then when I stopped doing that, it, I really kind of left it in fate's hands and that sometimes works out really great and sometimes not at all. And it's the same for other, you know, for other people buying for my wife at this point. I, um, you know, when I hear her mention something randomly, I hop into Google Keep and I and I drop it into a note that I have at the very bottom of my list so that she'll never see it. That is like an ongoing list of the things I hear her say that she might want someday. And so that's how I keep track of what others in my life want. I do the same for my kids and for my mom and everything for myself. Like I'm really bad at sharing that stuff. It's almost like I, I hope that others in my life do the same with me and mm-hmm. like are, are keen to like listen for clues because writing out a list and then handing it over and saying, this is the surprise I would like to have for Christmas <laughs> feels wrong to me. And so I don't do it. And you know, sometimes that leads to gifts that aren't perfect for me, but I'll, you know, I, I appreciate the thought at the end of the day. So that's what matters. I know that it's hard for people to shop for me. So, um, I tend to have kind of uh, a small list that I keep just in notes that are are sort of categories of things where it doesn't matter where it comes from or, you know, which ones you get. It will always be something that I appreciate. But I'm a little bit like Jason in the sense that I do that as well. Um, I have a, a list in notes that is just me having listened to my partner over time and remembering what it is that he has said that he wants or likes or what have you, and then being able to pull from that. Uh, from this year for my family, yes, Elfster, and uh, we decided to go that route with it. And so I was able to just put in categories or, or more vague uh, things like I love any kind of candle that smells like trees. It doesn't matter what tree. If it's a tree scented candle, bring it to me Um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I've got a few different places where I do that. I think overall, though, the most most amazing gifts are gifts that make me feel like I've like I'm seen and, you know, like the person or the people that I care about are are truly listening. Um, Shelly, why don't you round us out on this excellent question? This topic came to me because uh, my sister and her four kids uh, have always had Amazon wish lists that everybody in the family can mine. And uh, one of the nieces who's in college is no longer on the wish list for some reason. They they had wish lists for each person and and she's not there. And so I texted her the other day because I'm late and I said, hey, man, I haven't talked to you in a while. You've been at college. Uh, What's on your Christmas list? And I haven't heard back from her. So I'm going to have to call her. I'm going to have to call her mom. And I realized I'm so used to having that process, whether it's an Amazon list or whether it's a list somewhere else in a tech that we share, because we're all iPhone people. So we could share a note. We could do any sort of 
connection. But uh, I'm I'm feeling at a loss in at this moment. And also, my mom doesn't use Amazon lists because she just doesn't like them for whatever reason. So sometimes this falls apart. And yeah, I think my family is pretty comfortable with sharing that information so much so that we get grumpy when that information is not available. <laughs> All right. With that, we have reached halftime. And this week, Dan is going to tell you about our sponsor. Indeed, I am. This week's episode is brought to you by Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best artists, icons, and leaders anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. With over 180 classes from a range of world-class instructors, the thing you've always wanted to do, it's closer than you think. You could improve your culinary skills with Mexican cooking by Gabriela Camada. You could discover the art of business strategy with Bob Iger or learn about chess from Gary Kasparov or perhaps even screenwriting from Aaron Sorkin. I took a class in baking with Apollonia Poilin, who is the uh, chief baker uh, this the uh, eponymous bakery in Paris um, where they make this world-famous sourdough bread. Uh, and it's relevant to my interests uh, because I love bread. I love bread so much. I would eat bread all day if I could, but I can't because that would be <laughs> be bad for me. <laughs> but I did learn about making bread, which is one thing that I am very excited about because that there's nothing better than eating something you've, you've made for yourself personally. So I think that is a great way to learn about making bread. Masterclass gives you cinema quality glasses that offer unparalleled access to a host of renowned instructors. You can explore lessons in any order you'd like across your phone, tablet, Apple TV, computer, and on the go with audio mode. And lessons of approximately 10 to 15 minutes means it can easily fit into your everyday life. So whether you want to learn how to make a dinner worthy of a Michelin star or just how to make really good scrambled eggs, whatever you're interested in, there's a class for you with over 180 exclusive classes taught by the instructors you know and love. I highly recommend you check it out this holiday. Give the perfect gift of an annual Masterclass membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash clockwise today. That's masterclass.com slash clockwise. Terms apply. Our thanks to Masterclass for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. And with that, halftime is concluded, and I toss it over to me. Uh, so Apple is discontinuing uh, the weather app Dark Sky, which it purchased several years ago in just a couple weeks when 2023 rolls around. I want to know if you're a current user of Dark Sky, what will you replace it with? And if you're not a current user, what do you use now for your weather app of choice? Jason, let's start with you. Yeah, this is interesting because let me think, uh, you know, going back in time. Oh, yeah, that's right. Apple bought it back in 2020 and canceled a Android users from using it. <laughs> so I haven't used Dark Sky in a couple bitter, of years. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no, not at all. Actually, I didn't really use it that much then to begin with, but it was such a big thing for android users to lose it like i know you know dark sky had a ton of fans on android so they were they were pretty miffed so i guess i'm just channeling their miffedness uh in this i mean i you know i'm pretty easy when it comes to weather apps i just you know there's a widget on my locks on my home screen my on my uh, pixel 7 pro and you know it's made it's the google widget and it has a little sun on there when it's sunny outside and it has a little you know moon or whatever the whatever the icon is that it can put up and I just tap that and it takes me through the 10 day forecast that Google provides. And that's usually enough for me. I don't, I don't ever feel like I'm lacking on, like I need granular hyper localized data when it comes to weather. I just want to know, like, is it going to rain? <laughs> and if so, good. I'm happy what that I'm kind of rain, the right coat. <laughs> 
So I stopped using Dark Sky when it was acquired by Apple, and I wasn't really using it that much beforehand because I almost exclusively use Carrot Weather. Carrot Weather is a delightful app with little, you know, fun things. I don't really, it's got a lot of personality and, you know, it's got funny things that it says from time to time. Uh, In fact, let me just pop open. We'll do a live demo here. Well, now I'm not seeing any bad message right now. It just says partly cloudy for the hour. Nearest precipitation is seven miles to the north. So it's not being snarky. But my point is, um, I have used carrot weather for some time. And that is because I really, really, really like carrot weather's complications for the Apple Watch. Uh, They are fantastic. They give me all of the information that I need. And so the you know, I don't really even pull up weather very often on my phone. Uh, it's mostly that I just look at it quickly on my watch. And when I need to, I can tap on it and see a little bit more. So yeah, uh, I had moved on quite a while ago to Carrot Weather and I have not looked back. Shelly, what about you? I'm also a big Carrot Weather fan Ooh. and I like the iPhone display quite a bit. I know Dark Sky was a thing for a while, but I was so happy with Carrot Weather, uh, which I'll read mine. Mine says, there are no clouds in your area, with a few exceptions. Okay, not one of its best efforts, but whatever. Uh, but it's just a, a nice display. I use the watch complications as well, but I, I really like the phone display, and I like the, the widgets for iOS as well. So I've, I've always been happy. I feel badly for those who had Dark Sky taken out from under them. I get it, uh, but that's just not my situation. Yeah, I well, I I am still a Dark Sky user, but I am a little more liberal with my use of weather apps. I have a bunch of weather apps that I try. Uh, I have Carrot Weather, which I like a lot. I actually think Apple's built-in weather app has improved a lot in recent versions. It was, you know, kind of substandard before, and I think that's the reason they bought Dark Sky. Um, but it has integrated a lot of the features of Dark Sky, and obviously it's built into every iOS device, and now every iPad, finally. So it actually is a more compelling offering. It still suffers a little bit from the um, sort of uh, form over function uh, flaws, which is that they are really concerned with making it look really, really nice with all the like animated weather and all that. And sometimes I think that, you know, maybe is a little bit uh, too much. And I'd rather just have the information density. But I agree with you all that the the widgets and complications from Carrot Weather have been a huge part of its success on all the various Apple platforms. And so we'll see I may I, I only have like an older membership, I may need to upgrade so I get to finally use all the fancy new features in Carrot Weather. But uh, the, the clock's ticking down. I only got about a week and a half left. So I guess uh, January 1st is going to be sad when I open my app and it just doesn't work anymore. I'm going to cry. <laughs> uh, thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let us go to our final topic, which comes from Jason. Ho, ho, ho. Okay, so we got the holidays in a couple of days. Well, I guess we're like in the holidays, depending on how you define it. But we've got Christmas coming up. And for people who celebrate Christmas, often there are gift giving opportunities or gift buying opportunities. So I'm not going to ask you what, you know, what are some of the technology gifts you've bought others this year? But I am going to ask you, because I'm pretty certain most people do this at least once during the holiday season. What's the coolest thing you bought yourself this holiday season? And did you get a deal or were you just kind of looking for an excuse to to grab that? 
Tell us all about it, Micah. Yeah, uh, this is a great question. Um, for the longest time, I had been eyeballing the Cricut Maker 3. And this is a, I guess I should say Cricut, uh, as that is the pun. It is a uh, cutting device that will cut vinyl and wood and paper and all sorts of things. Uh, you, you know, you drop in a digital item. It can be, you know, a, a typeface or a, a picture or what have you, and it will cut it out of the substance that you put underneath it. And I got it because I've, I, like I said, I've been eyeballing one for a long time. I've always wanted one. I think they're super cool. Uh, people will use them to sort of like label things that they have, but they will also use them to create cool custom cards and, you know, tags. And I mean, you can make so much different stuff, but, um, what I wanted, and I'm pleased that the people that I'm talking about do not listen to this show, um, is making a few items that were bought a little bit more customized. And so, uh, one plan I have is to take a, it's one of those perpetual calendars where it's got the blocks in it. And I'm going, the, the person loves moose. And so I'm going to cut a moose out of this wood and sort of fasten it to this block calendar that I bought. And so then when it all comes together, it will have that kind of custom uh, feel to it. So they're they're very pricey. And that's why it's kind of been on my list for a really long time. And it was one of those things I feel comfortable asking others for gifts. And then there are some gifts that I think are too expensive for me to feel comfortable asking others for. So that's one of those, you wait until you can get it yourself. And I finally was uh, able to. So yeah, very excited and happy about this purchase. Um, and I love that it also means that I can uh, augment the gifts that I'm giving. Uh, Shelly, what about you? My husband and I, for the past couple of years, we've done it before. We don't do it always. Uh, we decided for one another we would get a gift together because there are a couple of big ticket items that we wanted for the house. Last year it was a big fat television. And this year we got ourselves a robot vacuum. We had bought one of those for my mother a couple of years ago and she didn't like it. But we since uh, decided we wanted one for ourselves and we bought a pretty nice one. And to answer the question about a deal, yes, we, we watched for I watched on all the pricing sites. I looked at the retail price and when the time was right, which was not Black Friday, it was probably a week before Black Friday, it was time to strike. So we've been using our Christmas present for about a month and enjoying it very much. It is a Roomba a robot vacuum with all the bells and whistles with it'll draw a, a nice uh, map of your home and you can uh, identify rooms by that map so you can create these cool custom vacuum routines. And um, as much as I would like to be opening more stuff from my husband on uh, Christmas Eve night, which is when we do that, um, I'm, I'm happy with the robot. You know, I was looking back to see, and and the answer is, I'm going to go with a broad answer here, which is, uh, I have given myself the gift of forgiveness for all the little stuff that I keep buying myself, <laughs> where I keep looking at stuff online and be like, oh, I can buy a couple of those. So I bought like a couple like uh, security keys, you know, the hardware security keys to test out something. I bought a car mount for my phone, and I'm just like, I'm not going to feel guilty about any of this. I'm just going to buy it. I'm going to buy myself this little $30 thing. And I'm going to be perfectly happy with it. I ordered one of those uh, Belkin continuity camera mounts for my studio display. All of it. Like, I just felt like, you know, I, I if I find stuff and it's it's uh, on available and it's like 30 or 40 bucks, even if that all adds up, I know it's fine. I'm going to be OK with it. So uh, I will say the f best thing I bought myself so far is the in my spare few spare moments. 
Uh, I bought myself the last uh, of my... I had a list when I got a PS5 earlier this year of all the games I wanted to play. And I had gotten to all of them but one. And then it went on sale in like early December. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to buy it now. So I got it for like half price. And I was like, great. This is the best part about getting a console years after all these games have come out. Is like <laughs> they do actually go on sale and you can get a deal. So now I get to play Ghosts of Tsushima. And uh, uh, I only spent like 30 bucks on it instead of like 60 or 70. So I feel pretty good about that. How about that? Jason, why don't you wrap us up? <laughs> well, so I've got kind of two answers because one answer is a gift that um, that we are giving to the kids. Don't tell anyone uh, from Santa, uh, which is the Nintendo Switch, something that they've they've asked for probably the last three years. And then they didn't ask for it this year. But I was like, screw it. I'm getting it anyways. I know they're going to love it. So uh, so and and that's that's one of my answers only because it's partially for them. But it's also for me. Like, I'm really excited to get the Nintendo Switch and be able to play with them all the multi the really fun party games and multiplayer games and stuff. So that's what I'm looking forward to. But for myself, um, this time of year is a huge time of year for music plugins. It probably is for all sorts of digital software, period. But I mean, they go on sale like crazy right now and so it's really hard hard for me because like there's so many sales so i have to pick and choose and i ended up picking up a dco 106 uh, synthesizer plugin by cherry audio which is a recreation of the juno 106 which is a very classic 80s polyphonic synthesizer if you've heard uh aha take on me it's that main riff that's like one of the sounds from the synthesizer and i mean it's just this synth sound is everywhere it's it's like big time the last 10 15 years in like indie rock tame impala lcd sound system it's just a uh, taylor swift even you're going to hear the synth in a million different places whether you knew it was from the juno 106 or not and cherry audio uh, audio did a really great recreation of it that's not that expensive normally it's 40 bucks right now it's only 25 dollars. and i mean it recreates the entire the, the 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 sound of course but also how you program the synth so you can just get lost for hours like creating your own sounds on this thing and it's just a lot of fun uh, folks, this is the time where we ask a bonus question. My bonus question for you. Uh, tell us about your favorite holiday tradition. And if you don't have one, tell us about a holiday tradition you'd like to implement. Uh, Shelly, we'll start with you. It's what I implemented for myself. It's basically the way I spend Christmas Eve. I do all of my gift wrapping on Christmas Eve afternoon, listening to Christmas music, which is the most intense Christmas music listening I do all season. And then Christmas Eve evening, uh, my husband and I uh, make tamales and we sit in front of the tree. And if we are exchanging gifts, that's when we do it. But uh, this case, maybe we'll just watch the Roomba run around the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, my wife and I implemented one uh, several years ago, which was for our stockings, for our Christmas stockings, we go to Target as preferably uh, like as close to Christmas as possible and we have a hard $25 limit and we basically like spend an hour walking around Target trying to find ways to get exactly to that $25 limit. I have made a complicated spreadsheet that lets me calculate tax value so I never go over but we always end up with a super weird selection of stuff and it's delightful. Oh my god I love that. I'm like wow that sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) Lots lots of stuff it gets cheap when you get close to Christmas that's the best part. (laughs) No kidding that is amazing. It's hard to pick Pick one tradition, I realize. Um, we have a hanging advent calendar uh, that my mom made when I was a baby. It's this huge, like, 
uh, your wall basically with all these little felt like, um, you know, icons like a, a present or, a, you know, a, just a, a bunch of different, you know, a mistletoe or whatever. And they, they, um, sit inside of this pocket that is all the days of the year and it just takes up a whole wall. And so every day, you know, the kids go and they pull out. I mean, this was from when I was a baby. And so that's probably the longest standing kind of holiday tradition. But, um, yeah, opening one present on Christmas Eve. Actually, now now we've kind of changed that to where we open all of the presents between us. I think we changed this last year on Christmas Eve. So that Christmas morning uh, isn't so chaotic. And then that's uh, kind of relegated to Santa and lasagna on Christmas Eve. That's our other tradition. Um, I think I will be taking Dan's, uh, for sure, because that's such go. a great idea. Um, we have stockings and growing up stockings was actually my favorite part of Christmas. My great grandparents would always have stockings for us. And I love that part more than anything. My great grandma was <laughs> big into Avon. And so you'd open <laughs> and you'd have all these like lotions and chapsticks <laughs> and, uh, hand sanitizers and all this great stuff and, you know, candies and everything. Uh, so I just loved stockings. Yeah, I think I'll have to do that. And uh, of course, my two dogs, they have stockings in front of the tree as well. Uh, they don't quite understand what what it's all about, but they are excited to have these toys right there at the end of the year. But as far as uh, traditions that we do have, we also do the uh, one gift on Christmas Eve thing. Uh, but I am trying to shift us to opening gifts on Christmas Eve because we have my partner's family to go to on Christmas Day. So it would make things a lot simpler if we did Christmas Eve. Uh, last year, I couldn't convince him of that. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, thank you all for your answers on that. Now, listeners out there, if you would like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, yes, even more clockwise, you can become a member of the show. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise and sign up. It's $5 a month or $50 a year, and you will be uh, helping to support the show directly, but you also get access to that extra overtime topic. In this week's overtime topic, we discuss what we do as Twitter CEO. With that, we have reached the end of this episode of Clockwise. All that is left is to thank our awesome guests for being here. Shelly Brisbane, happy holidays, and thank you for your time today. Happy holidays. It was great to be here as always. And Jason Howell, thank you so much for being here. Always a blast. Thank you all. And Micah, we will be back next week, but of course it will be after the Christmas, but before the new year for our final show of 2022. Until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.